Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I am here with uh, not what you would call a coach in the traditional sense of the word, but someone who is massively instrumental in helping organizations and founders grow and scale their organizations. And that is uh, Mr. Stefan Dubois. He's the founder and CEO of Pointer Pro, which is an assessment software platform that helps professional services companies to automate their advisory processes. Uh, I can't wait to dig into that. Uh, Stefan is passionate about the use of technology to build professional relationships with people at scale. Now, before founding Pointer Pro, uh, Stefan worked for 15 years in several consulting companies as a consultant, as a project manager, and as an account manager contributing to Entrepreneur, Captera, Crazy Egg, uh, a bunch of other names you would recognize and know today, and mainly in the areas of entrepreneurship and digital marketing. So there's so much here to unpack. But before we get to all of that, Stefan, first I want to say welcome. Thanks for being on this show. And why don't you kick us off with your story? Tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, the the place where you're at now. How you how, before you launched Pointer Pro, and uh, tell us a little bit about that that founding journey. Yeah, sure, Scott, and uh, thank you for having me. By the way, um, so I um, graduated as an engineer, and then um, immediately afterwards, um, I started working in consulting because I thought like consulting was. A, a nice way to um yeah to start your professional career you get in touch with a lot of different things um so when i um yeah i, I stayed like uh, about 15 years in in consulting um and um what i've seen there is that yeah we we worked like a lot with like enterprise software and in large companies so i worked for, like for PricewaterhouseCoopers as consultant and for computer science corporation afterwards um so we had this large scale project um and what i've seen is that um yeah, the consulting companies themselves um, were, yeah, decently, um, yeah, automated um, when it comes to the back office processes. Um, but when it comes to actual giving advice to customers, which is uh, the core business, of course, of consulting company, um, then yeah, there was still a lot of manual um, work and a, a lot of things that were repeated and like not really efficient. Yeah. So then. Um, yeah, as an engineer, I always wanted to um yeah to start my own company to um to create something myself, um and then in 2012 um I created uh, Pointer Pro, um based on that yeah experience uh, so to say. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pointer Pro, uh, what it is you do, and and really dial in on wh- what would you say is the most important work uh, or the the most important value that you provide for your clients. Yeah, Pointer Pro is like, as you said, like an assessment uh, software. 
um, with assessments um, that uh, generates personalized advice reports. Um, of course, that's a tool. I mean, you have an assessment like a questionnaire and then uh, based on the answers to the questions, um, people that take the assessment get a personalized advice report. So that's all very nice. But higher level of objective, of course, for our clients, which are mostly in professional services and also in, sometimes in coaching, um, yeah, is of course to automate their advisory process um, and thereby being able to scale, um, yeah, to scale their business without scaling the headcounts, basically, um, or without scaling their um, headcount as fast. Yeah, because um, when I was in consulting, of course, um, when we want to uh, increase revenue, we ha always had to increase um, or like to um, recruit new people, and. Um, all um, professional service companies are looking for ways to um, to achieve that non-linear growth. Uh, so meaning that the growth is uh, faster than the, the growth of your um, um, headcount. Yeah. And digitization, of course, one of the um, elements that can be used for that. And our tool is only one piece of the puzzle, um, but we think it's an important piece. It uh, automates the ask, assess, advice process. So we call it the 3A. And process ask assess advice and that's a core process that every consultant or professional services company um has to do yeah uh so it's interesting that you you've dialed in on professional services and from your background it makes sense but one of the things that um that i found particularly in professional services is it's relatively easy to get started right there are hundreds if not there are thousands of one-off consultants or coaches uh it's very easy to hang your shingle uh it's relatively easy i wouldn't say that's easy but it's relatively easy to to build a thriving consultancy on your own very very difficult to scale professional services right uh and and where all you know you kind of make up for all the ease and being able to get started low barrier of entry not a huge capital cost uh, you got to put yourself out there and there's, you know, there's a kind of an, a mental, emotional, just momentum side of things. But once you get beyond that point, you know, the folks are just consistently running into this barrier of I'm trading my time for money, right? Uh, which is kind of that first scale point. And then even once they get a few people working with them, it's that problem that you're talking about. It's like we're swapping dollars for, for time. And that doesn't scale, right? You can, you can marginally increase it. You can boost your rates a little bit. And uh, for some, that's a, a really big deal, but there's a diminished return on that. And as you start adding headcount, it's not only that it's nonlinear, it starts dipping the other way because you got to have people that manage them. You have to mm -hmm. have all kinds of other uh, investments. So, um, you know, with that being the backdrop, uh, how have you seen, uh, I'd like to look at this in a couple of different contexts. How have you seen, and maybe you, you, this isn't your world, but do you work with solopreneurs uh, that are using your uh, Pointer Pro system to kind of scale their own practice, or are you primarily working with larger organizations? Yeah, it's primarily with uh, larger organizations or like like larger organizations. Not, I mean, we we have the, like the big ones like Deloitte and Capgemini, um, yeah. but um, we prefer to focus on the midsize. I mean, this was not a solo entrepreneur. Solo is is probably a bit too small, but uh, yeah, it's from ten to one thousand, which is uh, still a broad range, yeah. of course, of, of employees. But we see that. Um, because you're talking about the, yeah, the evolution of, of, of the consultant. We, we see that before digitizing, you, you have to um, to fix a couple of other things. Yeah? Like you said, um, we basically, we see it as three steps. Yeah? The first step is to specialize in a number of service offerings, in one or more service offerings, but really choose for 
don't try to do everything um, for everybody. Just specialize in a, a couple of service offerings. Yeah, and it can be one man or woman uh, company or, or consulting uh, company for uh, um, with, with more people. Um, but specialization, that's the first step. And the second step is move from time material um, to um, to fixed outcome or fixed price. Um, for each of these service offerings, you could say, okay, you trade your time for money indeed. But then as you have done a couple of projects, you should be aware about the deliverables that are typically um, expected from a customer the work that um, is to be done for this um, uh, to make these deliverables and then go to the next customer prospect and see, okay, this is the set of deliverables and this is the price that you're going to pay for it. Yeah. That's the second step. Um, so fixed outcome. And then the third step, even before digitization is to create a model, like a maturity model um, to say, um, or to be able to determine um, the client's performance level um, in, in each of your service offerings. Say that cybersecurity, for example, that your cybersecurity is consultant, then you need to, when you go into a new prospect or a new client, then you need to to be able to to assess um, where he, he is, like in, is it like uh, absolutely um, a novice in, in cybersecurity or is it already quite advanced? And depending on that, you're going to give different advice. You should have a model and not even not digitized, just put it on paper or on a, in a PowerPoint. Um, and that's the third step. And then afterwards, the fourth step, you can start to digitize with a tool like ours or another tool. Yeah? But yeah. that's what we uh, what we um, uh, advise to um, to our um, prospects and customers. And, and that is fantastic advice. I, I want to just kind of work back through that real quickly, because uh, one of the challenges I see, especially in the digital age, if you will, is folks jumping straight to technology right? Uh, when they haven't done the work of figuring it out in the first place. And I think it was uh, Jim Collins who said technology is an accelerator, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really transform as much as it accelerates in whatever direction you're heading. And so if you're doing everything for everyone and you try to automate that, one, mm. it's very difficult to automate. And two, you're just going to automate chaos, right? It, it's just it's going to make you get into trouble faster, basically. So I, I love, and, and it's rare that you hear this from someone who, who offers a digital solution saying, hey, there's actually steps that need to take place ahead of time. And where, you know, in, in our world and the language that our audience would recognize, um, what we're talking about is uh, I see folks who try to over-rely on technology to get out of the very first stage early struggle, right? They're trying to figure it out using technology. And, and in some tech companies, that's appropriate, but professional services, that's rarely the case. It's rarely that a piece of software doing whatever kind of automation is going to get you out of that early struggle stage because you just don't know enough about what you're doing to even automate it yet. You, you don't have something that's working and uh, there's no piece of software that's going to uh, overcome a lack of understanding for, for you. Even um yeah, even in other um, yeah, cases or um, situations, we always say like the, the cost of software, like is, is the license price of, of the software is, is only a small part of the actual cost mm. because the cost of um, changing people's behavior, like before the software, they have to work like method A and then um, after the software, it's method B because it's it's with the software. It's maybe yeah. a more efficient method, but yeah. still you have to move them from method A to method B. And that's the yeah. most um, important cost. 
It's so true. It's so true. So you've got to get out, you know, it's, it's a little bit of blood, sweat and hard work, you know, like you've, you've got to kind of, you've got to grind it out. You have to, like you're saying, you've got to get to the point where you can specialize, where you know what your expertise is uh, before you're really going to be able to, uh, to start to even think about automating things. Now, from there, I love this idea of the fixed outcome, especially for professional services, because uh, it, it is, it, you know, you walk in and you're like, that's $400 for an hour of work, you know, here in the US, like, that's crazy. But if you say, hey, it's $400 and I'll solve this problem, the completely different conversation. And those two things together, I found are, are what really get folks out of that, what we call early struggle, right? That just existential fight for survival. Fun is where we start really dialing those things in. And that third step that you had, uh, uh, creating a model, measuring results, you know, following through, assessing what's going on and starting to do that and it works really, really well. But then, you know, that's where you can get, especially uh, if you put your effort in the right places, you can get up to 10, 15, 20, 30 uh, employees, you know, not all of them coaches, consultants, or whatever the practices that you do. Uh, some of them support staff, some of them, uh, you know, will vary, but you can get there. But then uh, where you guys come in and and where we start to hit that next threshold is, you just can't kind of, you can't grunt your way through it anymore. It's not blood and sweat and, and hard work anymore, right? You can, you can keep working as hard as you want, but again, you get those diminished returns. So how do you know, how do you know where that crossover is? Like how, do, if someone's thinking about, you know, implementing a technology solution like yours, maybe they've done the three steps. Uh, how do they know when, when those three steps aren't enough anymore? Yeah, when you have the model and you um, yeah, when you have a new conversation with um, like with a, with a, with a prospect, and you use that model, maybe it's just on on PowerPoint or just documented uh, elsewhere, um, and it appeals um, to that prospect, and then the next prospect uh, again and then again and again, um, then um, yeah, the um, the evaluation of the model will then be like manually or what we often see like in terms of it will not be completely manually, but people. Um, um yeah they implement it um via uh duct tape digitization we call it um, yeah. like we, see, we often see um yeah the the questions that are asked and and the information collected to to feed the model that is then done maybe in google forms and then it's exported to excel and then some calculations are made and then um it's uh in words uh, template which then saved into pdf and then given to the to the customer, but yeah, you see that when it's um, when there are more um, when your company uh, starts to grow, there are more um, transactions, um, more new prospects, um, and that process needs to scale. Um, then it's time to go to um, to more professional tool. Um, yeah. So we have seen um, people that have made um, like Excel sheets with like thirty five tabs and with all questions and macros and, and everything, um, really really sophisticated model yeah, because you have two types of model you have the descriptive model and the prescriptive model yeah so the, the descriptive model is only showing like cybersecurity assessment your level two out of five yeah? and the benchmark is for example three yeah that's just measuring and prescriptive sorry and um, is um then you give also advice. Um, so you give your, your level two, but in order to go to level three, you have to do this and this and this. And this advice, of course, linked uh, to the service offerings you can um, you can provide. Um, so when you already have this and you have um, like uh, automated it right, with super optimal tools, um, and you have like 
the transactions, the number of transactions uh, increases. That's mm -hmm. the ideal moment to start to, um, uh, to do one step further to yeah. look at a tool like ours. Got it. So just kind of walking back through this, uh, we've got someone who's, you know, team who's specialized, they've got fixed outcomes, they've changed their pricing model, it's working well, they've got a model that's working. Uh, they've got some the duct tape digitization. I love that duct tape di digitization. No, I can't even say it. Um, what do they what do they tend to try at that point before they come to you guys? Uh, and, and how does that go? Yeah, they yeah, they try to um, to go with this, yeah, with this duct tape or with this uh, sub suboptimal tooling um, to their customers, and then you see a number of um, yeah pains um, that um, that 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 arise. Like the first pain is like too much manual work. That's I mean, it, it, they feel that they have to, to do like lots of repetitive work, um, and they they can spend their time better yeah? because uh, all over they have to do the same. Um, collecting the same information, um, like writing the same type of reports. Um, that's one thing. And then some, there are some secondary um, um, yeah, pains or benefits if you um, uh, look at it um, from the tools perspective. So for example, the um, yeah, consultants that are, when consultants leave the company, that the expertise also leaves the company. Of course, when you have put the expertise like partially in a digital tool, then you solve that problem partially because you will never put all the expertise in a tool of course right um, but still also consultants like in, in the context of, of the war for talent which is um something we all experience especially in professional services yeah the, the consultants will be able to do more strategic work um and not just the data collection the initial as is diagnostic uh, phase which is always the same um if that is automated they will be focusing on on more um uh, more strategic work um, with clients so that's also an advantage. Um, so um, yeah, and these are kind of the of the things that we see. That, yeah, another one is the time to business impact uh, for the customer. Um, what we call like the first um, yeah conversation with, with with the consultant and the the, the business results. Let's right. say um, yeah, when you the analysis phase, the as is phase. When I was a consultant, sometimes it took two, three months, but just to document as is process how they work now. I mean, yeah. there's zero zero value for the for the customer basically because they just have to repeat like in workshops. I mean, I've been there, um, while, and the consultant writes everything down, and then afterwards they can um, uh, start to do um, recommendations. But that, if you automate like that um, data collection, this initial mm -hmm. advice, then the time to business impact is um, uh, much shorter, which is an additional advantage. Right, which is basically the professional equivalent of inventory turns, right? Uh, of yeah, being able yeah. to to roll through, um, and and you start seeing some of the gains that uh, that inventory driven organizations can start to make uh, in, in in a professional services environment, which is fascinating. All right, yeah, work uh, in I progress. Could, we called it. Uh, yes, that, that's working progress. Is is the the same as inventory in um in um yeah. in a manufacturing company, and you have to try to minimize it uh, in a service right. company. Fantastic. Uh, it's brilliant, actually. All right. So here's the moment I've been waiting for. I'm excited to ask you this. Uh, and, and that is uh, one question. What is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? I think in the beginning when I started um, my company, um, yeah, a lot of people said, um, yeah, start by capitalizing on your network, um, the people that you know. Um, and actually, that is um, 
yeah, it, it's it's good. It's still good advice. Eh? I would not advise not to do it. Um, but the, the secret or the less common advice probably to um, quickly um, go beyond your network also, because um, otherwise, if you're stuck in your network, also as professional service and especially also as software vendor, um, you um, it's not that the network will give you the introductions. Uh, you will still have to prove um, that you have a good product or a good service um, because it's not like because people know you that they are going to be uh, immediately um, become clients uh, or if they don't like your product or your service. Um, so it's good. Um, but then you, as soon as possible, you have to use your network like these initial clients to go um, to um, beyond your network. And um, yeah, the first um, first really satisfying moment that you, you see as, as a win um, for, for as an entrepreneur, I think is when some someone yeah not from your network is is um is becoming a client yeah um because like even for us like we are based in in belgium in europe if someone from australia or the us becomes a client without knowing me just by looking at our product at our website and so on um that is really um uh, the first um yeah um great moment uh, um, and that is a result of um, of going beyond your network. So that would be uh, yeah something that I would advise. That is excellent, excellent advice. Uh, and it really is. It's a special moment. Uh, I've had a chance at several companies now to experience that. And yeah, it's just like, we we may have done this, you know, like we we actually may be onto something. These people aren't just buying because they like us. So yeah, all right, excellent. Uh, so last question for you here, and then I'd love to hear how folks can get connected with you. But um, what would you say is the next phase of growth for Pointer Pro and for you as a leader? And what do you think are the challenges you're going to have to overcome to get there? Yeah, for Pointer Pro, we um, as from customer acquisition, we we rely. Um, quite heavily on, on inbound marketing like um, Google search it's both paid search and organic search also some other acquisition channels channels um, but now they are like plateauing um, so they are um, we, 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 we spent um, like it's not a secret we spend about 20,000 uh, US dollar or euros it's almost the same um, to Google ads per month and if I would double that amount even or triple i would not have like twice or three times the right. number of leads um even far from there i think um so it's it's working it's um, good unit and economics but not uh, scalable so we need to go for other channels to scale our business so these are twofold like um the first is sell more at existing customers and the second is like the more the top of funnel thought leadership which is means that um people get to know us before they need our product yeah, yeah. it's easier said than done <laughs> yeah um, yes <laughs> but then you have content marketing toward leadership and everything which is beyond the product like i'm saying here like professionalization of digital um uh, or the digitization of professional services sorry um and other things that you can do without our product um to um to advise people um about that and to um um yeah to, to spread the, the word and then also good content um, and then at the moment that they will need a product uh, like ours they will um, think about us so and as, yeah. a, as a leader i think um i am as a ex-consultant um who has gone through um, the old way of, of consulting and now i'm evangelizing the new way of consulting um yeah i i need to be the the, the face um behind in that and, and um, personally um, uh, bring the words uh, to the world, so to say. Yeah. 
That's so good. Uh, that's so good. Uh, I'd love to hear how, you know, someone's listening to this and like, you know, we, we've done the these steps. Um, we, we've got a model that's working, but we're just tripping over ourselves doing the same thing over and over and over again. How can they find more out, uh, more about you and Pointer Pro? Yeah, they can go to the website like uh, pointerpro.com. Um, there is, of course, I mean, you can uh, look at the tool, everything that it um, can do or cannot do um, and then um, there's also like useful um, blogs and case studies and um, yeah if you want to connect with me personally and the, the network uh, or the social network where I'm uh, most active on is LinkedIn so you can just connect to me and yeah I will be happy to share like uh, Fantastic. experiences and uh, and help uh, help out if possible. I love it. Well, Stefan, th- uh, fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I know it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was so helpful for so many people. For everyone listening, I uh, just want to say thank you for being here with us. Your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. And I, I can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.